0: My fellow Americans. My fellow Americans. My fellow Americans. America isn't easy. A great people has been moved to defend a great nation. We reached for the stars, acted like men, we aspired to intelligence, we didn't didn't scare so easy. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. People say, if you don't love America, then get the hell out. Well, I love America. Where are we headed? Who are we? What legacy will we leave behind? On Only in America, we examine our current State of the Union in an effort to uncover our patriotic common ground. Regardless of race, gender, party, or affiliation, we're all united as Americans, one nation, under God, indivisible. Welcome to Only in America. And now, here's your host, Robert Caltaviano.
1: Hello, hello, and happy President's Day. Yes, President's Day. You know, I want to start off today with, with a quote, and it goes like this. There are risks and costs to action, but they are far less than the long-range risks of comfortable inaction. John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Happy President's Day, Mr. President, and to all who have hold the office and That's what we're going to talk about today, Bill and everybody. We want to talk about what does this day mean to us as a country? Where are we going? You know, we see this visual craziness going out there right now, Um, right, left, in between. What does it all mean? And these really wonderful human beings who have put put up with so much throughout the course of the 200 and almost 50 years of our country as to their privacy, their family, their health, their well-being. Some of them cost them their lives. And what does this day really mean? And a little bit of history behind it.
2: Well, let's start with perception. It's an interesting word, and as we go back and look at President's Day, how do you think the perception of the common citizen differs today than it did perhaps fifty years ago? Than perhaps when it was Washington's birthday first, then Lincoln's birthday. And now it's viewed as all the president's birthdays. But how do the citizens, how are people really reacting to this now?
1: Well, just look back, let's say 50 years ago, I think it was inappropriate if a man didn't open a door for a woman or that uh, children were taught real history in our country uh, instead of today where we have people that decide what to teach, how to teach it, and sometimes make up things or just the mere fact of walking down the street. I think everybody's just in a rush to get someplace, and they forget where they're going. And so when we turn on the news, you know, an example, Bill, and, and think about this, how many issues or things that we've seen on television lately that you start scratching your head and wonder, is it real or is it fake? And so on a day like this, when you know, you know, you're talking about 50 years ago, I think you had Walter Cronkite all, you know, and saying all the news that's fit to print. And it was meant something. It was the truth, at least as much as we know it. And so today, when you take the president's, um, what's the truth and what's not the truth behind it? You know, I think we're in a direction that we're spinning right now and we need to stop the spinning.
2: Spinning truth. You're going around something here and. The President's Day was started as a celebration. Why do you feel that it's important? You go back to this truth element. Why do you feel that it's important that we continue to celebrate this and continue to teach it to our children? I remember when I was in school, it wasn't President's Day. It was a fabulous, fabulous exposition when I was in elementary school of the president, the president, President Lincoln, or the president, President Washington, and what they did. And we really studied it. We really got into it. We don't today.
1: Well, you know, let's look back at the history behind what we call President's Day. It's still actually called officially Washington's birthday. And mm-hmm. so, uh, as we all know, or out there you may not know, President Washington died in 1799. And it wasn't until I think it was 1880 that they started talking about an official holiday. And, you know, they put that into place, but it was Washington's birthday. And it depends on how the calendar is set every year. Uh, President Washington's birthday is usually right around the 22nd of February. But what has happened is I think they've watered it down, and through the, through the times, and in 1971, I believe, they decided that it would become a uniform Monday. So the third Monday of, of February would become a federal holiday. So somebody would have a three-day weekend. And so they decided to merge that with all the president's birthdays now we have several presidents that are born in february you know we have president lincoln president washington president reagan and you know you have several presidents that were born this month and so i think you couple that all together and hence somebody coined the phrase president's day but it's still officially called washington's birthday Hmm.
3: today
0: i learned you know, it's funny. I didn't know so many of the big ones were born in February. What are the odds? Mm-hmm.
2: The big ones, interesting. Reagan, <laughs> Washington, Lincoln. Yeah. And but also, but yeah. I do put all those together. Well, yeah, me too. I, I mean, totally.
0: <laughs> they're the ones you think of, the they're, 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 they're perennials, I think. It's a shame to think uh, or to, to find out that Washington didn't, didn't quite make it to 1800. You know didn't quite make it to the new century well he
1: took that long ride the story goes is that after he was out of office he was got on his horse and he was driving through his his plantation and it was cold out and he caught a cold and back then you know not like today there's no antibiotics and uh, they believe he had something like tonsillitis and uh, they started to back then uh, the medicine was called bleeding And so the doctor came in Mount Vernon, and he was laying in bed. He was fairly sick with a cold, a virus. And what they did was they believed that bleeding a person, you would take the virus out of the system by getting rid of the blood. Well, unfortunately, the former president, they took too much blood out, and he kind of succumbed to the virus and the lack of blood, the loss of blood, and and passed away. And that's how he died. Mm.
2: You know, we, we just mentioned the great ones, Reagan, Lincoln, Washington. And I go back to how they communicated and how beautifully they communicated. What about our current president today, Mr. Trump? And what about his incredible tweet, his constant tweeting, his constant going around the media and going straight to the common man and woman on the street?
1: I think that's a a long segment that uh, we may have our break in between it, but, you know, You think about it, he's using, quote-unquote, modern-day media. And what a better way to get out to the millenniums and and people by doing that. Um, Whether he's right or whether he's wrong, you're getting it from him Uh, as compared to, I think it's a modern-day fireside chat that FDR started back in 1940, I believe it was, when he was president, uh, where he would have a weekly radio show. Um, and he would have it uh, basically at a fireplace, whether it was in the White House or whether it was up in Hyde Park. And so you take from what FDR done to what Trump is doing now, and you blend that together, and I think that's what we got.
2: And FDR's fireside chats were not moderated either. They were no. simply him talking to the public.
1: And the same thing is if you look at it, Mayor Fiorello de LaGuardia, long Try that Italian again. name, <laughs> who was the mayor of New York for quite some times back in the 30s and 40s, did the same thing. What he used to do on radio is every week he used to read the comics. So what we call comics is, is either comic books or the newspaper comics to children. So politicians, this is nothing new to them using modern day media, as radio was back then, as to what they're doing now. So with that, as we're going to bring this in for a little landing for a couple of seconds, I want you to think about what you expect from the president on this President's Day. From Sea to Shining
0: Sea, Only in America, continues right after this. Well, I tried to make it Sunday, but I got so damn depressed. A shining city on a hill. You're listening to
1: Only in America on RNCN. All right, I have a live update with Can you, you for our from news from for the anywhere. day, and not my President's Day. There's protests going to happen today in New York City, Washington, and L.A. That should not surprise a lot of people. But they're saying thousands of people in these cities from around the country are expected to turn out and protest of President Trump on Monday. It's a federal holiday today. And that they're saying these people are calling it not my President's Day. And what does that really mean when you're out there pro- protesting not my President's Day and a duly elected president, whether you voted for him or not? And I think that's one of the issues that we're looking at is that how are these people communicating? What are they communicating to us today when they're protesting? Because I'm going to tell you, they probably have no idea what the heck they're really protesting.
2: They don't acknowledge what they can't understand. And they can't understand that they were beat. They can't understand that through the process of our electoral college and the process of our electorate, we've elected a president. We put a man in office. Whether you respect the man or not, It is imperative our freedom is based on respecting that
1: office well you know when you when you look at it in in that way the people you know you have you have issues you have a right or a privilege really to protest it's not a right everybody thinks it's a right but if you actually incite a riot that right is taken away so really it's a privilege Um, but you know today not my president's day uh, really takes away from all the men and one day a woman that will be holding these spots and so you know it goes back to communications bill and you had a question before that we were talking about on communications, so let, let's dive into that again
0: well
2: we see president trump some say he's circumventing the media some say he's not respecting the media but I say, on the other hand, he's respecting each and every individual citizen because he is communicating through these daily tweets multiple times a day directly with us. He's communicating with us in an unfiltered manner, which hasn't happened for a very, very long time. The media is going after him. They're not having first crack on him. They're not, they, didn't, they no longer have the ability to interpret and put their spin on it because he's taking that away from them some say this is wrong
1: i say this is right what do you think i think it's the way that we all we all look at things and you know so we have a president we talked about fdr fdr before absolutely on on the fireside chats and so we have a modern day way of of approaching things and getting his point of view out whether you know you may like it or not it's his point of view and i think that that's very refreshing and here all these people that are saying this is not my president's day when they're protesting today they should be happy about that you have somebody out there that's given his point of view because now you can take it and either you can understand it or you can go against it but it goes directly from from his mouth uh, to our ears and you know when you look at the news that's going on you know with what has happened lately and i've, I've talked on several radio programs and a couple of tv shows about what happened to our national security advisor on this president's day and and the connections with russia and not connections and news and not news the average person i'm going to look out there everybody your head's got to be spinning and you know are you getting tired of this already um, and just let our country be our country, and let it govern the way it's supposed to be governed.
2: I believe he's, what, 32 days into his presidency, and he's communicated more, had more press conferences, more communications with the American public. And I've not I've not checked this out completely, but I've been told than any other president in history.
3: You bring up an interesting point, Bill, because... I wanted to ask you, Robert, what do you think is the appropriate amount of communication? We've had presidents in the past who have been, you know, kind of unreachable and sort of the man up on the hill who does his business in the White House with the doors closed. And we don't really know what's going on. And then we've had, you know, more recent presidents like Barack Obama who have been more communicative with the public and uh, definitely more open about what's happening but uh, I'm curious to know do you think it's important for a president to have uh, you know a certain veil of secrecy or is it best for them to be fully transparent or is, is there you know a line somewhere that needs to be drawn let
2: me tie into that a question above the people or among
1: the people where
2: is the line?
1: Well, I think both And if you look back a little bit, the modern-day presidency, in my view, really started with JFK because that's when television came into play. The first, really, president of television was Eisenhower, believe it or not. Um, You know, Truman touched it a little bit, but really when television started out, but Kennedy really pushed it to the forefront. Uh, If you look back in your history, they didn't have a press room in the White House in Kennedy's day. The press room that everybody sees on television now, where Sean Spicer does his uh, press conferences, mm-hmm. used to be an actual indoor pool. That's why they call it the press pool. <laughs> okay, That's where that <laughs> word came from. Okay. That used to be the in-ground pool, an indoor pool. President Kennedy used to swim in there. Several of the presidents did. In President Nixon's time is when he had animosity also with the press. So they filled the pool in. And so he wanted to kind of try to control the press a little bit, so they built... That room, that is just outside, you know, by by where the 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 West Wing is in the Oval Office. So Kennedy used to go next door, or he used to go in places in D.C. and he would hold press conferences. No president used to really do that, but then Kennedy had it on television. You know, he was a young man, charming, a handsome man, and so you had that modern-day press riser. You know, and people would actually hear it from his mouth. But the presidency has been shrouded, in my view, with secrecy in in many ways. Mm -hmm. You know, before there was television and even radio, they they controlled everything. Mm -hmm. And years ago, the press would look the other way. They would go and say, okay, please don't print that. Or they knew things about the presidents, but they wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, you have the modern-day presidency that no matter how or if they breathe the wrong way, everybody knows about it. And so you take Kennedy— until now, I think Kristen, to get back to your, your question, everybody out there, think about this: is you want somebody "quote unquote" presidential, but what does that mean today? You know, Trump has changed that. Uh, Reagan's time, if you remember, he went from the Oval Office, sat down quite a few times when he ran into issues. You got to remember, he had no houses; it was basically Democrats on both sides. Here's a Republican president coming in, even though he had a landslide. So when he wanted tax reform, He went and did an Oval Office address. But we've seen even the Oval Office addresses changing now. George W. Bush was really the last president that actually spoke at times from the Oval Office. But on his farewell address, he didn't speak from the Oval Office. Neither did Obama. And so you've taken that, the aesthetics of the Oval Office, and that has changed how presidents communicate. And so um, I like what I'm seeing from this White House because they are very accessible, mm-hmm. but the presidency has been shrouded in a veil of secrecy for a long, long time. You
2: know, some people out there may be asking, now how does how does Robert have such knowledge of this? Well, Robert served on seven presidential details, recently retiring as secret special agent in charge of the Dallas office of the Secret Service, and so I think this could lead us into another show, perhaps, on talking about some of your times in the Secret Service.
1: Well, that, that can be. And you know what? What is the Secret Service? What do they do? It's not a secret, but you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And only in America. We'll see you in a few minutes.
0: Finding our patriotic silver lining more of only in America still to come. on a
3: walking down the road. I'm Bill Wallace and in
2: 1988 I had the pleasure of founding Success North Dallas. And for almost 3 decades we have brought the best of the best to our lectern for our members, current, topical with immediate takeaways. This month coming up we have Holly Reed. Holly Reed is the new Director of External Affairs for Texas Central. Texas Central is the bullet train, and this will be a story beyond stories of how they are building a Southwest Airlines on the ground. The railroad in the sky that Southwest talked about, now they're building an airline on the ground. March the 17th, Prestonwood Country Club, the website, successnorthdallas.com. Please be sure you register. First-time guests are always welcome
0: and free. Have a great day by the people, for the people. Welcome back to Only in America on the Real News Communications
1: Network. America. All right, America. And here we go, another quote. America. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same thing. Ronald Reagan only in america on this president's day and you know i was just thinking of president reagan for a minute and the shining city on a hill and you know i know you guys always hear me say this and you know that's probably another time we'll talk about this but on this president's day again you know are we shining or not you know it's cloudy outside here today where we are from our studios um (laughs) but can you still see the light and i think you know on our presidency and on, on our country as a whole and so you know let's chat about that a little bit and you know what do you think about that
2: i don't know charles dickens referred to washington dc as the city of magnificent intentions i like that Mm. the city of magnificent intentions and that makes me take pause to think about the people that are going to washington dc the seat of uh, well. it's referred to as the seat of democracy is the seat of freedom yeah. and so many other things and i think about the people that i've been told by many people that you have to go there to experience it so washington dc you've been there so you were there for so long what is washington dc to you
1: you know it's it's you know the land that we love it's a representation of human in intuition human American courage you know there's a saying that uh, the pursuit of happiness is freedom and the pursuit of freedom is courage and you know when Washington laid the cornerstone for the Capitol um, just before he left the presidency you know and um, it was a miraculous thing that you know our country was fought for with blood sweat and tears and we're still doing it today and um, you know the thing is, is, is uh, look at this. The Capitol is all in white. Everything, all the monuments are white. There's, it's a sim- symbol of that, you know, the whiteness, the freshness of what this country is. We're still a new country compared to many in the world, you know. And so, you know, that freshness, if you take a look at the White House, there's a reason why it's white. It's not off-colored. It's not cream. It's not something else. The Capitol, white. There's a reason why. Why? Because of the freshness of who we are. But are we now just kind of re, re, re-looking at and re, really reventing ourselves as to are we fresh or are we stale?
3: You make a good point about the country being relatively new, you know, compared to the rest of the world. And we hear about, you know, people making pilgrimages to Jerusalem and places like that because they want to see their beginnings, their foundation. Do you think it's important for us as Americans to make a pilgrimage to Washington, D.C., to see the capital for ourselves?
1: I think it's important that Washington, D.C. makes a pilgrimage to the people, and what I mean by that is is that we sometimes get too stuck in one city. Our country is not just Washington. Our country is that, that, that farmer down in Mississippi or the fishermen out in Portland or the, the, the cattle people down here in Texas or the men and women struggling out in, in the coal mines of Appalachia and the cab driver in New York City. What about and, the military fighting yeah. always on point
2: 24-7 around the world? Yeah to keep us free, to give us that ability to make that pilgrimage.
1: But when you talk about and you make a good point, Kristen, the pilgrimage to Washington, I think it should be an educational pilgrimage, whether you're two or whether you're 102. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go to see the Declaration of Independence, when you sit in front of it, you stand in front of it and look at it, you know, and it's fading, they're doing a great job on it. Or you see the flag that was held over Fort Sumner, that you know, Francis Scott Key wrote those miraculous words mm. about. And then go bow your head at Gettysburg or go to Arlington and see the struggle that we've had to be free. So the pilgrimage is just not Washington. But also we want our politicians to come to us. Not just when, quote-unquote, they have a break. Right now, as President's Week, they're all on a break. And there's going to be some that people are going to be protesting about. And that's all the aesthetics about what they're doing. But the fact is, is that you should be a citizen politician, as Ronald Reagan put it. He never wanted to get into politics, but he felt the need to. He wasn't a politician, but he felt the need to. So what's your need on this President's Day? What do you have to, and we think we talked about it, Bill, what do you out there listening to us, what do you have to say to our politicians or to the president or to the vice president or even to the former presidents? What do you have to say? Because it's up to you to do it. And my question is, have you said it? Absolutely. And if you're just saying it by ripping out windows and trashing cars, then you really have no words at all. Because either you're part of the problem or it's time for you to fix it. And if you see a problem, how are you fixing it? By causing havoc and destroying people's lives and property.
2: In our previous segment, you referred to protesting not as a right but as a privilege. And that privilege is because we have the political system that we have. And that privilege
1: comes with a price. Yeah, go to China and see if you protest. See what happens. Oh, very quickly. Or go down to Mexico. You won't come back. Close country in Mexico and see what happens if you cause too much havoc down there. What happens to you? So the people that are doing this right now, and today they have, you know, the unpresidents, they... First of all, most of them probably have not given to their country. I may pay taxes. That's not giving. Or to your fellow Americans. When was the last time that you guys out there have actually opened up a door for a lady? And if you want to call me old-fashioned, that's too bad because, you know what, there's nothing wrong with that.
2: I still like yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. And some people have actually criticized me for saying that. Oh, you're making somebody feel old. No, I'm showing somebody respect, and I intend to continue to do it. So if, if we look at the optics here, our personal optics, the optics for ourselves, how do we control or alter those? How do we build a mindset more of a president's day? Well,
1: I think one, respect. Of, one of the things is, is, are you the president of your own life, of, of, of your own family? Let alone, you could say you have a title of president of a country or president of a company. But what are you doing with your own life? And what are you doing with your own family? You know, are, are you structured in, in the way that you want to be? Are you happy at what you're doing? And if you're not happy at what you're doing, then maybe it's time you stop doing it. You know, one of the most intriguing things that
2: I've seen is, uh, when, as I've been doing some reading is looking at the quotes that have memorialized some of our past presidents. And I think it would be appropriate perhaps to share some of those quotes at this point as we close out this day.
1: How about you start us off with one?
2: Thanks. All right, I will. And especially on President's Day, especially in the, in the face of the protest, in the face of the 32 days of this current presidency, I'm going to jump back to John Kennedy, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. That epic statement he made, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. That's what we need to be doing right now. I like it. I like I it, too. I like it. What yeah. are we going to be doing? What? What yeah. are we going? What are all of us going to do yeah. to make our nation great
1: again? Kristen,
3: yes, I have one from Lyndon Johnson. So, a president's hardest task is not to do what is right, but to know what is right. Wow, I
2: that's like strong. That. I
1: like that. strong. I like that. very strong. Say so. that again, because that's really good.
3: President's hardest task is not to do what is right, but to know what is right. Mm. Mm.
1: Hey Zach, what do you know that is right on yours? What did you find?
0: Well, I uh, I'm gonna pull this one blast from the past. I actually, had a report on this guy in the fourth grade, Grover Cleveland, kind of kind of a big guy. Uh, he said, above all, tell the truth. I like that.
2: Amen to that. Amen. One.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right. Short. Right to the point. So we have <laughs>
2: knowing what is right, telling, <laughs> telling the, the, truth, the truth, asking what you can do for your country, mm-hmm. and so Robert, well, you're up.
1: You know when we. On this day, and we're bringing this in for a landing, um, it reminds me of a quote of Thomas Jefferson. And he said, no man will ever carry out of the presidency the reputation which carried him into it. And so as we celebrate this day and we celebrate our country, what's your reputation? What are you bringing into something? What are you telling the truth on? And what are you asking of yourself as you help our wonderful nation? God bless us, God bless America, and God bless the people who lead us each and every day, which is you, your family, your life, and only in America. We'll see you soon.